What's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell on this Monday morning. Big show lined up for you. Antonio Brown is threatening to sue. He's threatening to retire. Everything else, we're gonna just get... threatening. Yeah, he yeah, is. He's just yeah, he is. Right. We're gonna dive deep into that. Slow play in golf is something both Raja and I are passionate about. Yeah. Uh, and we have Carmelo Anthony, apologists out there trying to defend him, saying he should be a part of Team USA basketball, as well as possibly the return of a segment that we used to do in leftovers at the end of the show. We're not exactly sure how that's going to play out, but we'll see. You'll have to stick around and tune in for that. Uh, before we get to Antonio Brown, right. I think in life, one of the things you can do that kind of makes you set up yourself for success better and just a more enjoyable life is you understand your strengths and weaknesses, yeah. some activities that you excel or don't excel in or yeah. what suit your character traits better than others. So I, golf I think suits my personality. Yeah. Um, it's a skill set that I ball, you know, hand eye coordination, all those things. I think I have come to the realization fishing is just not my DNA. <laughs> it's not for you, huh? It's not, it's, I don't, what, I just, ab- what about it? So I went yesterday with a good friend of mine, Todd Bachman, asked me to go on his boat. And I love that. Like, yeah. hey, if I'm going to go fishing, that's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go on somebody else's yeah. boat. Nice I'm boat. Gonna, yeah, yeah. Nice boat. Yeah. So we go out and he, I said, what time are we going to have to be there? Eight o'clock. So I'm like, sweet. Cause I've been asked to go at 5 a.m. Yeah. Get out there early, you know, and fish are biting and all that stuff. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so I said, eight o'clock. I can do that. Yep. Brought our daughters out there. Uh, went out fishing for dolphin. Yeah. Mahi. Yeah. We went for Mahi. Huh? Um, I don't know. It felt like we were really looking a long time. Yeah. We did get a school of dolphin. There you go. We got one on the boat. Which to me seemed a little disappointing. Like I could right. see them all They're out all there. All out there. What were you I fishing saw. with? What were you throwing at them? Is it ballyhoo? You were throwing uh, like uh, chunks of ballyhoo at them. We had some chum with shrimp. We yeah. had some squid. We were doing everything. So they were have, in the any, area. You didn't have the live bait out though. You, you did got, not have live bait. Is that yeah. what we needed? Was live bait? Oh, well, I mean, there are different ways to fish for them. But you yeah. found the fish. You yeah. only found one school of them. I mean, yeah, and I thought we gave up way too soon. If if Todd is listening today, <laughs> should have stuck around a little because we were there about fifteen minutes. Yeah, we got the one in the boat. And we could still see him, and then we were looking for seaweed, like clumps of seaweed, seaweed like big something batch, floating, something floating, yeah. birds diving in the air, right, nothing. And we couldn't find any other bigger clumps, so it was like we just were on this hunt for oh, stuff. Yeah, dolphin fishing can be really. It can be painful if you can't. Like tedious. Yeah, if you can't find the birds, because you are looking for, like, you have to be looking for the frigates. You got to find them. It's hard to see them in the sky. Yeah. When you find them, you got to get under them. And, you know, but typically, if you can get into a school right. of, of Mahi, you're supposed to put a few more on the boat than one. That's what I thought, too. I was yeah. a little bummed. And, my, well, the good news is my daughter, who's 10, uh, is the one who caught it. So right. one, oh, of the, cool. one of the kids did get to, get to, get to catch one, although. Only one of the kids got to only catch Only one of the kids got to uh, catch them. And. When we got it in the boat, we were, you know, getting it on and it was what? Did you leave your fish in the water? For a couple minutes. I don't think okay, we did so you, long enough though. Like I thought we should have left it on there and let them swim around, get them all in a frenzy. Yeah. Well, that's what you're, but you can't leave them in too long. If, 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 <laughs> you got to leave them in for a good I have no or so. idea what I'm doing when I'm doing that. I was but like, we did. You guys did everything right. It's just yeah. one of those days. Yeah. Maybe we're not that good. Maybe it was my jinx that I'm out there, but my daughter did start crying when there was some blood like splattering over cause right. of a hook. <laughs> uh, so that didn't go over well, but we ate it. We had dinner from our well, one mahi. It was big enough to feed our entire family. So that was good news there, but I have realized, that's, oh yeah, that's a normal haul. That was Raja's yesterday. That's not yeah, me. Get out of here. That was yesterday. Yeah, that's, showing me this hall of that's like my buddy. 15 he, mahi on the boat. <laughs> I had one. wasn't bad. Joey, what do you got? You a fisherman? No, I mean, I think 
before we move on to Antonio Brown, everyone in here just needs a little clarification from Raja. Uh, what is a frigate? A frigate. <laughs> oh, a frigate is a bird. It's a big, it's a big predatory bird. <laughs> what it does Wait, is, all right, look. Is that a species or is this a nickname? I'm pretty sure it's universal. <laughs> like if you say frigate bird to a fisherman, they're going to be, I don't know if that's, it's technically <laughs> like if it's just genus. And, I've never and heard whatever. it, but I'm not a fisherman. But what they're doing is they are, they are following uh, schools of bait. Right. And yeah. that's what they're going to pick off. So when the big like pelagic fish come from underneath and they push the bait school to the top, then the bird is opportunistically sitting above it and it starts picking off the bait. So when you see that bird, they're going to prowl way high in the sky. You just keep watching him. Once he starts like attacking the water, you know, there's some predatorial type of fish down below a frigate a frigate bird. Yeah. I thought when you first said it, I thought it was like a combination of freaking something. No, no, no. Like, you know, like, I, I thought it was like, I didn't, I had no idea. I didn't know no. if it was like fishing slang. No, I, it could be, but I think it, I'm going to guess frigate. it's fish. It's fishing slang. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's an official it's a frigate. fishing slang term. Yeah. All right. Well, if you're uh, listening to the show, you want to chime in at Canel and bell, let us know if you've ever heard frigate, yeah. is it official or not? <laughs> Freaking, I don't know. Bring it. <laughs> Let's right. keep it moving. Let's keep it Bring moving. It. On to Antonio Brown. Because Antonio Brown, one of the most polarizing players in the NFL, diva wide receiver, he is living up to the nickname of what you would expect in a diva wide receiver. So he's one of the biggest stories of the offseason, forces his way out of the Steelers organization, um, basically eviscerates everybody in the wake as he's going out the door. Throws everybody yeah. under the bus. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger was in the wrong in a lot of these spots. Um, but now I think you're starting to see some of the issues of why Antonio Brown wasn't going to stay in one organization. And who knows how long he stays with the Raiders. Even though they just gave him this new contract, I have to have a feeling that John Gruden and Mike Mayock have to be saying, uh-oh, what do we get ourselves into? To get you up to date, Antonio Brown, who shows up to camp with blisters on his feet yeah. from, we think, frostbite yeah. from a uh, cryotherapy machine. We don't know. We think. Gets there. He's missing. He's not practicing. Now, he has a grievance with the entire NFL, with helmet makers, as he has his helmet, which he's worn throughout his career. It is not approved by the NFL for play in 2019. So, Antonio Brown has threatened to quit playing football if they don't okay his helmet um the reaction to this has been pretty widespread just disbelief like are you kidding me uh in an age and an era of football when we're trying to do everything we can i say we the nfl to protect players that's the reason this rule is in place they're trying to get helmets that are the safest in play and yet that's not enough for antonio brown who is trying to skirt the rules and get his old school helmet in play. Um, I know I get paid to like come on here and break this down and say something about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what to say about this. This is stupid on so many levels. I, I, I want Antonio Brown. I want to be a fan. I am a fan. Yeah. I wanted to give you credit when you left the Steelers organization uh, because, you know, clearly there was some blame that could go around. It wasn't all on you. Right. But you show up in Oakland and it's been nothing but a train wreck since you got there. I mean, you're starting to paint a picture that even I can't be a fan of anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like the feet, I'll excuse that. That's a, yeah. like a mistake. You get in a cryo chamber. Um, some of the things that have been let out about his attendance at meetings and being late for the meetings and then not being engaged when he's in the meetings, like those aren't great. So there are no passes given on that. But this with the helmet, 
my man, you're really going to quit football because they won't let you wear your funky helmet? Like, this is so stupid. Danny, if, you, if you're going to give up $15 million this year and potentially next year because they want you to wear a safer helmet than the one you currently wear, and that's the soapbox that you want to go and, and be preaching off of, like, that's the hill you choose to die on, my man. That one, you wear a safer helmet and you get paid. I don't want the money. I want to wear a less safe helmet. I'm out. So stupid. Well, let me tell you what I think this is all about. Do you think there's any chance Antonio Brown doesn't play this week, this year? No. I, mean, I, I, mean, I think there's I, zero I, chance. I think there's zero chance. I think this is a bigger part of the problem with Antonio Brown. I think he loves being the center of attention. And look, that's a human nature quality. I think fame can be addicting. I think he likes that people are talking about him. Really? And this, this is, is just so the latest. stupid. He Agreed. looks so stupid. Agreed. He looks really dumb. But you've heard the saying, any publicity is good publicity. I guarantee you that's a part of his mindset right now. Is, hey, people are talking about me. People are saying this. I don't think this is a hill that he would die on. And if he is, then you're talking about stupidity on a whole nother but level. That, but that's what I'm starting to question now. Like, right. Because I, I, I'm, I get and I played with guys where, yeah, dude, they like to have their name in the paper. Like even if it's, you know, not in the most glowing like way, they want they want the headline. But this is this this is now concerning, bro. Like this is now I have to worry about whether you are stupid enough to actually <laughs> do this. Yeah. Well, while you ask me, do you think there's any chance? No, but I'm thinking rationally. No, who in the hell would ever give up that kind of money over a helmet? He maybe, can't. Maybe that guy. I'm, I'm, he cannot. He would not be that dumb. Uh, now you have John Gruden getting asked, John Gruden getting asked these types of questions. Right. See what you think about his response. But I support this guy. You know, I think that's what needs to be said. I don't know, um, what anybody's writing or what anybody thinks, but this, this foot injury wasn't his fault. You know, this was a total accident. It was really wasn't his fault. And it's a serious injury. I know some people are smarting at it, but it's really not a laughing matter. The guy is, is, is was hurt. He was innocent. He didn't do anything wrong. And the helmet thing is a personal matter to him. You know, he has a strong feeling about uh, what he's worn on his head, and we're supporting him. And we understand the league's position as well, so we're in a tough spot. And we hope Antonio is back here soon because uh, he's exciting to be around. I'm excited. I got some plays for him. I hope we can start calling him. <laughs> of course he has some plays, some plays for him. For him. You better. Uh, this is the ultimate ride or die with your guy which i can appreciate absolutely but you know what happens if if john gruden had come out there and said yeah i don't know what he's thinking who who, who looks bad john gruden and mike mayock, mike mayock. they're the ones that decided right. to make the move they're the ones that gave him this new contract yeah. so if they come out and criticize him they look foolish like they didn't do their due diligence due diligence or they misjudged him yeah so they really can't so only, he has to defend only him. one way to play that right and they did it they right. play it like that no matter what you're saying behind closed doors there's only one way to play that you have that guy's back and i like i want to be clear again i agree with everything he just said it, yeah. like i agree with the fact that that's not his fault and the, and the foot issue is is nothing to joke about and it, it looks like a, an excruciating injury and, and he shouldn't be held responsible for that necessarily my only thing is John and Antonio, the NFL ain't wavering on that, bro. Do you know what type of like liability issues they're dealing with from 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 like legal and stuff like that? When when all of these cases of CTE and the the crusade against you know tackle football and the head injuries and and you're going to petition them to wear an older model helmet that isn't that isn't up to to standards? They're not giving in on that. So 
what are we going to do now, bro? Right. What are we going to do? Exactly. They're not going to let you wear that helmet, dog. And if you're John Gruden and Mike Mayock and Antonio Brown, while we support you, like, we got a lot invested in you, Holmes, so we got to figure this out. So is there another helmet, Antonio, that we could start trying to work through in practice that you would be amenable to using? Otherwise, you are choosing to die on this hill. Yeah. And now not only, like, we can recoup the money. Right. But we can't recoup the two first-rounders that we gave up to get you, and that's unacceptable. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So I was curious to see what the NFL's response was. They do have an official statement that came out from Brian McCarthy. Their NFL PR guy says, quote uh, from Twitter, the player can't practice or play in game with equipment that's not approved if he doesn't play or practice he is in breach of his contract and doesn't get paid that's a language that he'll understand nfl policy is that helmets have to be certified by noscae they don't certify equipment that's older than 10 years uh so the nfl is pretty clear on their stance i i think they could probably make an exception they're not in like and say, all right, you have to sign away all of your rights, but they're not in the they're business not. of making exceptions. Exceptions. It's all about, you know, that's why there are rules specifically designed for uniforms. There's no individuals. It's all teams. They're not going to make. They are not. No. Where Where are you going now, Antonio, Mike well, Mayock, and John Gruden? What are we doing? Because this is not getting resolved in the. I either wear it or or I quit. You're not budging the NFL off of there. So why did the NFL give a damn if you play right. football? Antonio Brown did take to Instagram on Friday uh, where he did hint at possibly walking away from the game. Uh, I love the game. I love the hustle. Uh, I don't know. You can read that. I don't know if I can Young even read God, that. Though he can leave the league, but if I leave, will a fan still love me? Oh, oh, there's some stuff here that's just confusing and it's hard to follow when you talk about uh, Antonio Brown's. Just uh, his whole identity his makeup i don't understand a lot of it i don't, I don't there's also some weirdness like will the fans still love me fan uh, players get in a weird spot you you can't take the fans too seriously because if you rely on the fans approval oh. you will not last very long first of all their their fans are like they're the best and the worst of the game yeah and you know? but they typically man when you become it's a very hard thing for 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 uh an athlete to understand that this admiration that these people have for you and this just, you know, need to be around you and touch you and stuff, it, it wears off. The further you get removed from the game sometimes, like there are, there, there are people that will forever be like goats. MJ will get it wherever he goes for the rest of his life. But typically as guys get out of the league and they're not producing anymore and stuff like that, you go back to being a regular citizen, so to speak. You know, right. like when you're in a league, sometimes you're made to feel like you ain't a regular person. Right. You know what I mean? Everything's taken care of for you. You get the table wherever you want to go. First thing you go in a doctor's office, you're the first person in there. You you, you ain't never <laughs> going in an airport. Like you, everything's great. I don't live in a normal world. Soon as you get done playing football, homie. Yep. Guess what you live in? The real the world. The real world. <laughs> and it's hard to understand that. So he like. You know, I think he lives in this world. He should have probably started stopped wearing that helmet a long time ago. You ever, it sounds like he might be dealing with some. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you ever been to Houston's restaurant? Yeah, it's one of the best. I I love Houston. Yeah, sure. You cannot get reservations there. Uh, you can't get in. There's always an hour wait if you right. go at any time around dinner time. Uh, I used to have one of the best hookups in New Jersey. There was one by our, it'd be like, hey, you Jason Seahorn, Danny Canell. Yeah. We got your spot right here. We'll just kick some people out. Correct. Yeah, we'll you're put good. you right in there. Right. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Every Life. time I go to Houston's, I'm like, man, I love when I had that. I don't want to sit. I won't wait for anything. You Dude. talk about an hour wait for in line for dinner? Come you know, on. You know, many Nowhere. Dentists, you know how many dentist appointments I walked out of <laughs> yes. like when I first got out of the uh, NBA? <laughs> They'll make you wait Like, for I'm hour. in there. I got an 11 o'clock appointment. It's now 1145. I'm still in the waiting room. Like, I, I, 
I don't know what that means. My whole life, I've just walked into the dentist's office and sat down in the chair, first guy up. Right. <laughs> I don't, you don't know how to like acclimate to that. You know, when Antonio Brown had this frostbite issue with the cryotherapy, I'm like, oh, that's got to be a first. Yeah. Apparently it's not. There, there was, there, so some of the craziest injuries that have taken place in the NFL, uh, was Kendall Simmons uh, from 2006 fell asleep with the cooling device on his foot, suffered, suffered a frostbite like burn and missed a game. Yeah. Because this has to be, these injuries have to be some of the craziest, wackiest ones you've ever heard. Um, some of the other ones, Jason Pierre Paul, obviously that was a well known one from the fireworks accident when he uh, lost, uh, a couple of pinches, uh, fingers, right index finger amputated. Uh, Lamar Houston tore his ACL while celebrating a sack. So you've had a couple of those as, uh, Martin Grammatica or Bill Grammatica. Yeah. There are two kickers. Uh, Bill was the one who suffered ACL celebrating the 42 yard field goal. Uh, you can take a look at that. I remember that. I think he was doing like the soccer run around. Then he jumped up in the air. And when he came down, so here's a look at, uh, Bill Grammatica. I don't know if you remember this one. Have you seen this? Let's see. This is him. So this is this is why kickers just need Such to chill a out. Terrible look. Look at that. <laughs> terrible big that is baggy old school as it gets. So lefty monster oh. kick. Oh, stroked it, it though. Through. Stroked it. And then wait, when he jumps up, he does. I remember that. Yeah, it does the little kick. What? Oh, what would he do? Oh, he tore his, tore knee his up. ACL. Yummy. Right. I mean, but it wasn't that bad I mean, of a celebration. It's not you feel kind of bad. I do. You just gave it a little. Like, that's a fine celebration. But, like, when you get injured like that, there's no avoiding the dummy tag, right? Like, you're oh, a dummy now. Yeah. How long have I told you that kickers aren't real football players? Uh, speaking of which, <laughs> yes. can we go to youth football real quick? Let's do it. Yeah. Our damn kicker's back. He go. Oh. He quit the team. His dad took him to another program. Yeah. I was happy as a pig, and you know what? I was running around there like, we did it. We got him. He's out. Now he's Two back. days later, he's back. We're trying to run offense, like in the middle of the damn field, right? His his ass is in the middle of the field with his dad while they are going seven on seven, like DBs and linebackers versus like my son and the offense. And in the middle of their seven on seven is the kicker. Come on, kick it feels livid. I was livid. Oh. I told, I called the coach. I gave, I said, bro, if you don't get his ass off that field, like you're going to have a whole nother set of problems. Right. right. There's actually football players trying to play football. Correct. And they are, and they can't run the routes because he's standing in the middle of them. <laughs> Incredible. We got to get uh, some more. So look, on. Manny Harris, uh, yeah. not, um, uh, for, played for Cavs, played for Michigan. I think he almost had to have a toe amputated because of a cryo, uh, chamber. Really? Yeah. He got burned up real bad. See, that's why I'm not messing around with them. Me neither, bro. I cold don't tub. want any part of them. Yeah. Cold tub's just fine. I can hop right out when I get cold. No doubt. Yeah. Stay away from those cryotherapy, th- uh, chambers. They're a little bit scary. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus. 
Welcome back to Canel and Bell. A couple things before we get to uh, Carmelo Anthony and Team USA, some of the stuff out there. Uh, one, that's Serena Williams news. Yeah. Do you remember one of our first podcasts that oh, we did together? Yes. Do you remember the bold prediction yes, I had? Yes, I, and I thought of you while I watched her crying. Um, I'm telling you. Yeah, I, so my bold prediction you are wrong, by the way. was but. she's not going to win another major title post being a mom, she post won, baby. She almost won Wimbledon. Did she win it? She almost oh, won oh, oh, so now we're giving trophies to almost? I mean, you're right there. It ain't like she's off the map. I, I know she is right there, but yeah. she just can't get over that hump. I'm <laughs> telling you, that was my bold prediction. And I know, it's still I, good. I remember Two it. years later, we're still going strong. The other thing I wanted to get to I is I need to stop that, crying, though. I, 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 oh, I, yeah. I love the breakdowns all the time. You know, like... For anybody, Tiger, any, any sport. Like any sport. Like, yeah. I mean, like it sucks that your right. back's hurt, but like, let's just wrap it up and get off. <laughs> right. Keep it moving. Keep moving. Keep it moving on that one. Uh, the other thing I wanted to get to was uh, we said goodbye to Matthew Coca, our yeah. former producer. We didn't say officially hello to our new producer. Right. Uh, producer one, Joseph Levin. Joseph. Uh, Joey, what's up, man? So, so the people can know if you're watching on CBS Sports HQ, the glorious beard, uh, big NBA guy. We're excited to have you part of the show, man. I appreciate it. I was wondering in the A block if uh, people just thought Coca grew out a beard because I didn't get an introduction <laughs> when, he, when he came to me. It's just like, hey, Joey, what do you got? Right. We just kind of made the assumption, which we, of course, we never should have done. But you were a part of this podcast. Uh, how many shows did you produce? Like the first three? I well, I produced one. I think it was, I was <laughs> talking to Debo, who is also no longer here. And uh, right. he said I did the first one, and then he took over when I moved yeah. to New York. That was it. Well, welcome back, homie. Yeah, it might have been the best episode ever. Yeah. We don't know. We can we can make that assumption. So yeah, welcome <laughs> the to the lost squad. tapes. Canelo yeah. Bell, the lost tapes. <laughs> exactly. We'll have to have a special uh, treasure trove of those released uh, at some point down the line. Uh, Team USA yeah. has been in the conversation a lot because we've had a lot of premier players withdrawing from the team. Right. We've had others <clears throat> like one Carmelo Anthony who expressed interest in wanting to play, yep. and they're being told, "No thanks, we don't need your services." Um, it's pretty interesting when you think about uh, who is it? Jerry Colangelo is the managing director of USA Basketball. He he's like the Godfather, by the way. Oh, do you know him much? You do. You, know, you spend yes. a lot of time with him, right? Absolutely. Playing for he's his like, organizations. Yeah, he's like the Godfather so in all the good ways, not right. not the bad ways, right? Because I was very curious because I don't know his reputation. I don't know what people yeah. respected. I oh, assume yes. that. Yeah. Uh, but he had an interesting comment on why Melo wasn't going to be a part of this team. Uh, the quote was. He made a great contribution. He's been a very good international player, but what, where, for where we are and what we're doing, that conceivably could have been a distraction. I understand why the request was made. He's trying to reestablish himself. I think that he has to be done in the NBA. No, I think it's. I think what he's saying is like, oh, that has to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, Mello, that's a bold statement for Colangelo to right. say he's done in the NBA. No, that's not what he's saying. He's he saying, has to establish himself in the NBA again. Don't, not in Team USA. Not Team USA to try to get another NBA gig is what I think he was trying to say. Right. I, mean, I any beef with that? Any problem with it? No. I look. No, no, I don't have a problem with Jerry saying that Mello. This team isn't for Mello. This is a team full of younger. Um, players that you would trying to be kind of, you would try to cultivate like them and have them um as as potential stars on your upcoming um um you know Olympic teams. Now, granted, you're going to have all of the NBA stars that are going to want to play in the Olympics, so a lot of these guys might not make the cut. Mm -hmm. But you're still developing Team USA talent. And again, Melo fits into that spot kind of like he would fit into an NBA roster. Is he going to stunt the growth? of somebody that you're trying to develop. And that's what it comes down to. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't 
You're not going to have Melo out there with this this team and give him the ball. He hadn't played in two years. You ain't going to give him the ball and say, hey, give me 25 points a night. So what role But wouldn't he be team? that kind of that veteran voice? Because this is a young team. There aren't many guys who have been around you, Team USA you basketball. Th- you think Carmelo wants to go there and be a cheerleader? Well, I mean, if he's petitioning to be on the team, don't you think he realizes his role is that? Or do you think he nope. thinks he's showing up and I'm going to be, yes. hey. That's what I think he believes. So then it's absolutely a distraction. It, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> right. what, this is what we're saying. Like, he 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 doesn't see what he – he probably would view that as like, yeah, man, I, I can be on that team. I might not be the number one option, but I'll be two or three. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'll be two or three. I'll get some shots up. Um, I, the whole NBA will see that. Boom, I'm back in the league. But the, but And I get that. Like, as a competitor, like, you're always going to feel that way about yourself. I just – I think his role would be more of, hey, if you could accept this role, you're going to be number 12 or 11, and we need you to be... Yeah, the the mentor. He don't want to do that. You don't think so? Nope. <laughs> because, I mean, you look at the list of guys. Kemba Walker is probably the most established yep. player. Uh-huh. Uh, then you got a bunch of young players. De'Aaron Fox. Uh, Harrison Barnes got some quality time on his legs. Jalen Brown, Joe Harris, Kyle Kuzma. Brooke Lopez, Kyle Lowry. So there's some some players that are Jason up there a Tatum. little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, where does he fit in? He would absolutely be the ambassador, mentor. Hey, young players, let me show you how this is done. But that doesn't mean he's going to get that many shots. Now there's only ball one ball to go around. That's what Melo's not looking for that. If he, if he is, I apologize. I, right. I haven't gotten the indication. And real talk, I imagine that if Jerry Colangelo in his heart of hearts felt like Mello was ready to accept that role. He would have done he it. He probably would have taken him. Yeah. What's pretty unique, a unique circumstance here, is Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavs, who's never been an owner for Carmelo Anthony, right. actually called into a radio show to defend Mello. His quote was, I had to speak up for Mello. He should be on that team. Absolutely no reason for them not to have him on that team. As far as distractions, you've got the best coaches in the universe coaching that team. How is he going to be a distraction? To your point... If he wants the ball and he thinks he should be playing and he's going to be making that known, then it does become a distraction. But if that communication is clear up, up, up beforehand, then it's nobody's... Why isn't he on the Mavericks then? <laughs> well, I... Ah, well, straight up. Why isn't he on the Mavericks? This is, a, this is an all-star team. Yeah. No, it is. And if, if you're telling me that Carmelo is good enough to be on that team, albeit a young all-star team, right? Chris Middleton, where are the names? Chris Middleton, all-star. Yep. Um, uh, Kemba Walker, all-star. all-star. Uh, Donovan, Kyle Lowry, all-star. all-star. Kyle Lowry, all-star. Like, bur- burgeoning all-stars like Jason Kyle Tatum. Kyle, like, you, you have, this is, so if he can make that team, why he can't make the Dallas Mavericks? Right. Right. <laughs> maybe I, maybe it is setting up there. Maybe there is something down Okay, there. well, then if you're going to sign him with the Mavericks, then 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 I will shut up. Yeah. But if you're going to be lobbying to have him on somebody else's team because you think he's good enough, then put him on your team. When do you think Melo, if ever, like, is it, do you think it's in his DNA to ever come to that realization as, hey, I'm going to be the ninth or 10th man on the bench. I just want to play. Or does it become, and that's, that's every player's unique personality. Some guys that, accept that you role. You come to that realization when it's too late. Yeah. Generally speaking. Yeah. You do. Like, you just, it, you can even try to convince yourself that you're at that point. Like, say all the right things. Like, no, 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 I'm good. I'll come in. I'll be the – but you really, in your heart of hearts, like, once you get there, you're like, oh, shoot, man, I'm better than I, – I could, I could get some minutes. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you really come to the fact that that's the way they view you and accept that, 
it's generally too late. Guys, I didn't, guys are passing you by. I didn't watch it. I didn't have the sound up, but uh, Carmelo was on first take with Stephen A. Smith, yeah. and it was just them two back and forth. And I, I don't know exactly what was going on, but I kind of had a feeling where Melo's trying to get out there and Let make it. his case yeah. and lobby for himself. I felt bad for him. Yeah, me too, a little bit. It's like, here's a player, because you are usually, as the player, the last person to come to that realization of what reality is. And I felt like he's still trying to talk to people into saying, hey, I got more left in the tank, except everybody sees it. Listen, and they're like, no, you don't. It, it was, you know, op, the optics of being cut by Houston after whatever length of time he was there. I don't know if it was five games right. or six it's games. Hard, yeah. When, you're, when people are already kind of vacillating on whether or not you're worth the trouble, and then you get a gig, right? Like, there are only so many chances you're going to get. And so then you get one of your last chances, and that only lasts like five or six games. And, you know, it was with your best friend. And Mike D'Antoni's as player-friendly as you can be, and that doesn't work. The optics of that just are not good. Right. Like, there are going to be a lot of people who don't even know the ins and outs of that situation. They're like, yeah, I told you, we can't touch that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that yeah. might not be fair, right. but that's what happens, right? And so he is out there trying to rehab that that image of, like, being a good teammate, and of of uh, uh, like expressing to people that he's willing to accept a role and and look, I, I think Melo's a good player. Like I, Melo could probably still play in the NBA, should probably still play in the NBA. But that's not all it boils down to. Sometimes when you're dealing with like teams that have agendas for for their younger stars and trying to develop them and trying to head in a certain direction, and you as a player don't fit what they're looking for, and it, it stinks. That's a tough situation to be in. How pumped are you for 3 o'clock this afternoon? Do you know what's taking place at 3 o'clock? Um, no. NBA schedule release. Oh, haircut. I would haircut. guess. I would guess that you are more excited about your haircut than the NBA am, schedule I release. Definitely. I might be too. Uh, it will be announced at 3 o'clock, some uh, anticipation, opening night. Uh, Pelicans at Raptors. Yeah. Lakers versus Clippers is going to be the game that everybody's going to be yep. on tap there uh, for that one because you have uh, Kawhi, uh, PG going against uh, this LeBron crew and the new uh, team that's in place. Christmas Day is something that people always look forward to. Celtics at Raptors, Bucks at Sixers, Pelicans at Nuggets. Uh, I don't know. Schedule release in any sport, college football, NFL. I'm just like, man, this is so far away. Like, I could care less. Just, I guess, I mean, fans do get into it. it. Even That's when I gave you this beautiful graphic. Well even, done, Mikey. Hey, excellent job. Yeah. Um, and there are lines if you do want to bet those, but then you have a problem, I think, if you're betting this early. Hey, um, when the, well, even when I played, I didn't even when the schedule came out. I had no idea when it came out. Right. Like I was never. You probably checked though the Christmas the Christmas Day one. Like, where am I going to be? Am I going to be at home? Those well, once that was probably I did, one of the first things to look. Right? Yeah, but that, like I guess I wasn't anticipating the schedule release right. like, like someone oh, yeah. would be like yo the schedule's out and i go look at it and be right. like oh christmas word. yeah you know? what's opening night what's right. christmas and then when's the yeah what tnt break? games do we have yeah. you know what i mean but like i wasn't like hang like waiting with bated breath to find yeah. out when the schedule's coming out i'm with you on that one uh but you can go check out cbs sports hey. hq they'll break it down outstanding uh, happened to on me. there yeah exactly Welcome back to Canel and Bell. So Raja and I are both uh, golf fans. We like to play. We like to watch yep. it. Uh, we've had some incredible experiences this year being at the PGA Championship at Beth Page. Um, but there was a video that went viral over the weekend, and we sent it to each other on the text chain. And all I kept thinking is, what would I have done if I was in this position? Yeah. Uh, Justin Thomas was in the group with Bryson DeChambeau. Bryson DeChambeau uh, is on a putting green. The video is two and a half minutes long. And my man takes forever to get his putt, to align the putt, to go on both sides of the putt, looks over it, steps back, 
looks again. I mean, it takes forever. Addresses and yeah. then steps back again. <laughs> again. And I think his caddy might even chime in at one point and say, hey, did you look at it from this side? Oh. And he already had. Goes back. There were a couple of them. There was a second one where he stepped off a 70-yard um, like approach shot because he wanted to step it off exactly. He wanted to go up and make sure you look at the green, which isn't that much out of the normal. Some players, if they're close enough, they'll walk up there. It just has become a thing. And it is so agonizingly, painfully slow. Obnoxious is what it is. It is obnoxious. And I get he's the scientist and he's the guy that has all this stuff at his disposal. Exactly. But the thing that I think is refreshing, a lot of times you will see players um, reference guys in the third person. They won't call people out directly. But after this video, whether it was on social media and Twitter or players being asked about it, they were pretty much all calling out Bryson DeChambeau, and good for them for doing it. No, yeah, dude, there, 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 there is a acceptable amount of like slowness. Yeah, you know, especially when there's more on the line for a putt than another one, or you know, you got to stuff it in there close on your approach. So you, you know, like there's acceptable times where you might be a little slower than others. Right. That's obnoxious, man. Like, there's no reason you should be out there grinding over every single shot of your round. Do you know what I mean, Danny? Like, yeah. for people who don't play a lot of golf, like, grinding is really, like, studying it, like, really digging into it, really making sure everything is technically sound on it. And you might have that in a round. Yeah. Not every damn shot. No. It becomes a major issue. Justin Thomas, who was in that viral video, and you could see him frustrated. I give him a lot of credit for showing the class to stick around. Yeah. Uh, said the slow people know who they are, and they just need to play faster. That's you know the Captain Obvious statement of the right. year. Right, right, right. The right. problem is everybody knows it. They've been warned before, uh, and they still don't play faster because there's no penalty. Ian Poulter chimed in. Andrew, I'm sorry you've stopped watching the PGA Tour. He's talking to a fan on social media. There are a few players that continually disrespect their fellow pros and continue to break the rules without a conscience. It should be self-policed, but clearly this won't happen. So disappointing it hasn't been stopped. That's the thing. They have rules in place where there is a clock that is supposed to be on every player, but the PGA Tour doesn't want to overstep their bounds. They don't want to penalize the people a stroke. Oh, if, those. Yeah, exactly. Just do it. Way, all you have to do is for a couple it's weeks, it's the only a couple way you're tournaments, and then all of a sudden everybody's like, hey, let's go. Because it's his thing now. Oh, yeah. Like, he takes pride in that. Like, you right. can see he's, he's – he's, like, I don't know him, but right. he seems like oh, he totally the does. type of dude who really gets, like, a kick out of the fact that he's the slowest yeah. and that he's grinding and that you got to wait for him. It might even be advantageous in his and his caddy's mind. Like, look, man, we slow this thing down to a halt. We yeah. get it down. Yeah, get in everybody else's everybody head. everybody else's head. Like, so you have to kick him in his tail. Keep him moving. Give him the stroke penalty, and hopefully that rectifies his stuff. Otherwise, like, you know, that's the type of dude, like, man, if you're putting, and I know you're supposed to do this in golf, I might call for something when you're going to. Because <laughs> right. that's how angry I am. Like, right. I might be like, you know, who knows? You know what I would do? I would be teeing off the next hole. Yeah. I would absolutely be like, hey, you go ahead. You can meet us up here. Uh, Brooks Kepka, who never is afraid to hold back, chimed in on the subject as well. I think it's just gotten out of hand. Uh, you know, it, it seems now there's so, so many sports psychologists and everybody telling everybody that they can't hit it until they're ready and that you have to fully process everything. And I mean, I take 15 seconds and go. And I've done all right, so I don't understand what they're <laughs> taking a minute and a half, and it's it's just it's just frustrating as a player uh, when you're out there. You, I, you know, sometimes it's they're they might be trying to decide what club to hit. 
Um, we've had all, we've had a day to think about it, and it's it's pretty clear what the tee shot is. So, and that's what you just don't get. A lot of times, it's on the simpler shots, the difficult ones. It's you already know what to do with it, but it's the simpler ones where guys seem to take their time. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. Like, what what do you typically when you play? Yeah, but I I always thought like addressing my situation like while you were about to play your ball. Yeah was important because then once you're done, I've already made my decision as to what I'm going to do. Now on a putt, it's a little different because like you're, you, I can't be in your line and all that, but you know, playing from the fairway or teeing off, like I've already got an idea of what I'm about to do. So when you step up and you rip and then it's my turn to address my ball, 25 seconds. Max. Max. Right. Right. Like and we're it, both, we're both fairly quick players and we don't have, you know, millions of dollars at stake, but still, for the betterment of the sport, you've got to implement it. Now, Bryson DeChambeau was pretty defensive. He did not admit guilt. He he tried to explain it away by saying, well, I walk faster than most up to my ball. But the thing that's crazy about it is you can see in the video that went viral, Everyone's both of them, everyone is waiting on yeah. They've already hit. Yeah. What were you doing while they were hitting? Right. Nothing. I don't, know, I don't know what he was right. doing. And then he's going to maximize. It'd be kind of similar because in basketball, you do have a shot clock. Uh-huh. You have to shoot the ball. Football, you have a play clock that you have to run a play. Yeah. Baseball doesn't, which has a problem with base of play. Yeah. I guess it would be the equivalent if a basketball player was shooting a free throw and he was... There's a clock on that. But, yeah, but it's not... You know, they could, in theory, they could give him a warning maybe the first time. Or is it actually official? Would they actually blow the whistle and stop it? No, I think if you obnoxiously over now the pros are a little different. There's right. probably some guys that get close to the ten seconds, but I think generally speaking, right? Like if 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 a ref sees that you are going to be over those tens, they are going to like to disqualify the shot, other team's ball. Like if it's which is why it's or, not an issue, correct? And why it is an issue in the PGA tours, these dudes are calling and them out. The fact that you have it and you and you think that it would be enforced, like your whole routine when you're growing up. You're never oh. developing a free throw routine that's going to take you more than 10 seconds. Right. For the most part, you're developing one that's going to take you about six seconds and you get the free throw out because you don't even want to worry about the 10 second, like shot clock on a free throw. So, you know, you know I mean? my daughter plays uh, junior golf. She's 12. She plays in the uh, junior golf, US kids, junior PGA, all these different events. Slow play is an issue at that age because you know what they're doing? They're watching guys like Brooks, uh, yeah. you know, Brooks modeling DeChambeau. That, right? I mean, the pre shot putting routines over. Six inch putts. I'm not joking. Six inches. They're doing the same routine. Right. And I, what's what I don't understand is where does the instruction come? Is it the parents? And maybe it is. Hey, you make sure don't miss this putt. There's so much pressure on it. Right. With my daughter, I'm like, just go knock it in. If you miss it, who cares? Knock in the next one. Yeah. You know, it's a six inches. Just knock it in. But too many parents and too many instructors are trying to teach these pre shot routines that are elaborate, you know, PGA quality pre-shot routines. You're just like, what are you thinking out there? Absolutely destroying the game. Uh, by the way, Patrick Reed did win the Northern Trust. Uh, every America's favorite golfer, uh, saying Reed. that just a little bit facetiously, is uh, he's been kind of dubbed the cheater out on tour. And Why? Ty- what does he do? Oh, he cheated in college. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. He got kicked out of Georgia for he was busted cheating by some of his teammates. They reported really? him. Like in an event? Uh, like in an event? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not on a test. No, 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 no. 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 On the golf course, yeah, which, right. you know, on the test, everybody cheats. Yeah, I was like, oh, what, what are you talking about here? Like, no big right. deal. But yeah, golf, the game of integrity. Yes, he got caught. Yeah, huh? he got busted a couple times. And like there was another. But that shouldn't follow issues. you to the pros. Like he's the I don't the pros. know. You got to remember some of these dudes he played against or with in college. They're still look at him. I once a cheater, always a cheater. Like, 
Like, if you see that, I'm always looking at you, Shady. Like, make sure you watch him. Don't let him kick that ball out of the rough. The mo- America's most hated golfer. You have had to have cheated, like, on the PGA <laughs> Tour, dude. I can't hold the college against you. I don't know. I still would. I, I would still look at him like, man, I'm not letting him go anywhere out of my sight. The other bad news is, and we're still kind of waiting to hear what Tiger Woods does scheduling-wise, after he withdrew on Friday, yeah. what is his future hold? And we're still kind of awaiting that. I say just can this year. Like, who cares about defending your title at East yeah. Lake? He'll probably try to do it, but just start the process to next year. Start getting your body healthy, your mind right, yep. step away. And most importantly, start game planning. How are you going to approach the next yeah, season. Totally. All right. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. Oh, I just did it. Leftovers. No, I'm saying, pick it off, Raja. All right. Here, here we, we go. go. Uh, Yankees general manager, Brian Cashman, uh, says he was stopped in Connecticut and forced from his vehicle at gunpoint by as many as nine police officers uh, as he was leaving the gas station on Friday. So his car was stolen, but returned. Uh, the police database still said it was stolen when he was pulled over. Cashman was uh, taking... What Cashman was taking car to evidence processing in Connecticut. And his quote after this whole at gunpoint extraction from the car was they executed a very tactful interception. Look at that. Uh, nine police officers, guns drawn would be pretty terrifying. That's pretty scary. I mean, yeah. <laughs> some people more than others. Correct. I don't know, but Correct. still, nonetheless. So what you say is lucky it wasn't Aaron Judge? <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, I'm just saying what I'm saying. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. Yes, but I correct. can see where it could be pretty frightening when you're pulled over and all of a sudden you're like, wait. If he, now, if his car was stolen, I wonder if he kind of had, uh-oh, there's, like, he knew right away something was an issue. And so he was kind of like, hey, it's me. This is my car. It was stolen. Like, telling him right away. you got to be really quick on your, on yeah. your feet to see that and automatically process when you get out, When you get pulled over. What do you mean your car was stolen and returned? When does that happen? Like, what does that mean? When does that happen? Yeah, or maybe it was found and returned to him. When you get pulled over, yeah. do you get out of the car? No, dude. No. Because they say you not to. I used to like jump out of the car because I was always told. Now, this is when I was like in high school and college. Yeah. I would try to prevent them from the process of starting to write the ticket. Oh. But then somebody told me, they're like, don't get out of the car. They'll think you're attacking them or you're crazy or you're going to run. No. So now I'm all 10 on the thing. Like holding up my ID, Correct. insurance. Here's everything, bro. I'm not moving. This is this is interesting. It's deep because I don't want to take up the whole. <laughs> right. But like my kids, like are the way I deal with police. Yeah, I a little different than the way. You <laughs> right. You understand? So right. I had this conversation yesterday with my boys, asking me about something because there was a guy on the side of the road. I'm like, dog, all windows down. Yeah, hands on the steering wheel. Do not move, and you make sure that anything he says to you, you say yes, sir. Right. What do you need, sir? And before you move. You tell him, I, I'm so going I to gotta move. go get it. I'm gonna move. Can I boo boo boo? And that's the way I do Another it. Another subtle thing I do if it's nighttime yeah. is turn on turn the, the light. dome. Yep. Turn on the dome inside. So the cause I, I do I totally understand the police perspective. You can appreciate that. That's yeah, gotta be like your, it's their life or death absolutely. for them too. They don't because they pulled over drug dealers sure. or whatever it is, and they all of a sudden could get shot at. I want to so pose <laughs> as little threat to you yep. or perceived threat to you as possible, right? Yep. So there can be no misconstruing this situation, bro. I'm here right. to help you. <laughs> exactly, you exactly. We should do a, a video on this. Yes, okay. please. <laughs> what do you need? All right. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Brian Cashman, Yankees, Brett Gardner, talk about falsely accused, uh, was ejected from a Yankees game. Check out his reaction after getting ejected for doing nothing. I think I would probably react in a similar fashion as he gets tossed. <laughs> a little low. Yeah, a little low on the outside. Your so all of a sudden, you see off. the ump looking over to the dugout, Ugh. tosses somebody from the dugout. Boone's like, who? Me? Aaron Boone's like me, and they're like, no, no, it's 11. Brett Gardner, get him out of there. And he's thinking, I was just chilling over there getting my drink, my water. 
but he goes ballistic. He's like, I didn't, I didn't say anything. Should have splashed it right in his face. <laughs> All right. But then the thing about it that's funny is he just loses his mind, which I understand because he's like, hold on a second. This wasn't me. That's BS. You know what? Loses it. You know what happens to me? I don't know why this happens. Maybe a psychologist or someone can explain this. Yeah. When someone tries to like pacify a situation that I'm in by holding me back. and Oh, it makes you, yeah. It gets me angrier. Right. Like, so then like where I was semi-calm. Like, I feel like now you're embarrassing me, bro. Get your hands out of my chest, right? Right. I'm fine. I'm not Leave me the hell kid. alone. I'm not like, a little kid. Crazy. I can control I'm like, my <laughs> I'm bugging out, right? And I wonder if some of those situations, too, if you ever see a fight break out with the, per- the person that's trying to hold him back. Yeah. Like, if Fred Gardner would have punched Aaron Boone to get him out of the way, like, just because like, he lost it, right, right, right. that would have been a mess. What else you got for us? Uh, let's see. Michael Beasley's got suspended for five games for violating the league substance policy. I wish I could sound surprised, but I'm not. But then he signs with the Pistons. So Beasley <laughs> and Derrick Rhodes, the top two picks from the 2008 draft, now both on the Pistons. I know their uh, their policy is extremely lenient. I mean, what do you have to do to test positive in the NBA? Because you never see it happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, so obviously he's partaking in a lot of something when it's out there, right? Yeah. I, I just so. Again, I wish I could say I was surprised by this. Um, he's yeah. really talented, though. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a really Obviously, he still gets player. second in chances and third chances super and four chances. Can I tell you my first interaction with Super Cool Bees? Because yeah. that's his nickname. Oh, it is. He's got it tatted on his back. Joey, do you know? Does he have it tatted on his back? Super I believe cool. so, but I'm not I'm not positive about it. I, I got to com- confirm. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he does. Super Cool Bees. But anyway, I was playing in Alonzo's Summer Groove, Miami Arena. They had just drafted him. Um, I was uh, in my locker getting all my, all my gear on, and the ball kids were, like, running around the arena – um, like the bowels of the arena in the locker room, like just looked like they were having a grand old time. I was like, well, what the hell? What's going on? Like you usually don't see kids playing like tag or hide and go seek in the locker room before the game, albeit it's charity game. So, I'm, you know, I continue to put my stuff on there. Like, yo, that's our, you know, that's draft pick there. That's the kid B's. I'm like, where? They're like, yeah, he's just the one that just ran by you over there. He was playing tag with like the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably like it might be something that people hold against him, the immaturity, but I love, like, it'd be fun. Like, well, he's a big he kid. W- he was having a good time. Yeah. And I was, but, but, like, you know, now you're you're in a grown man's world now. Like, yeah. this is a business now, right? So those things, while, like, it's a fine line. You want him to have a good time, man. You want him, you, this should be a joyous place for you. You should love coming here and, 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 and love the game. But we're all grown men now, right? We're getting ready to play in a charity game. I'm going to need you to put your stuff on. He was the first one that really got busted with cell phone pick, cell phone oh, really? video trouble. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Do you remember what his first deal was? No. Joey, you remember it, right? They happened? remind me. Remind me. You don't, remind. No, I was going to say, if you were going to give the details better <laughs> oh, than okay. I was. I, I don't I didn't see. I'm with Raja. I don't remember the details on the on the cell phone thing. Yeah. All right. Then maybe I don't want to give out the okay, wrong okay, details, okay, but there okay. was a photo that was going around of him. And yeah. this was early in the cell phone game. Right. Where it really kind of set his uh, image Wait, in a are different you, direction. Are you thinking, are you thinking uh, Greg Oden? No. I remember Greg Oden had some early cell phone things that. No, I just can't, can't remember if it was something like weed in the background or it was oh. like a picture of an appendage that wasn't a finger. <laughs> <laughs> there was That's a- definitely Greg Oden. Uh, no, there was a different one though. We're gonna get to the oh, bottom. He might of have it. had some uh, some contraband in the back. I think that might have been like it, that. Yeah, which has happened to some guys. Again, yeah. so have somebody filter those those pictures before you send oh. them out. All right, return of leftovers. We're gonna get some more of that tomorrow because we still have leftover from our leftovers. Bring Stay it. tomorrow. It's a bird.